Hey guys, Kyler back with Kyler Bros. Unedited podcast, episode number 57. Um, you know, when to get a pot out, I will be, uh, I think Fee comes in soon. We're going to do a podcast. I think we're going to try to get one out uh, next, early next week. So I'm gonna I'm gonna briefly go over some free agent stuff, but we want to get all. The, I'm gonna go over some draft stuff, some free agent stuff, but we want to really knock all of it out when he comes on him. Obviously, I'm talking about all I'm talking about is Kyrie to the Lakers buzz, KD request the trade. I'm gonna make I'm gonna have three of the best offers that, that I think the Nets could get, and then three trades for Donovan Mitchell. And obviously, those haven't been done. So hopefully, by the time we do our podcast, some of the stuff will be done, and we can discuss that more. And then I'll briefly talk about the Jazz Rudy Gobert or Rudy Gobert trade today. But we're going to kick it off with NBA draft reaction. Um, we'll kick. We'll do. Uh, did I agree with how the top ten went? How I would have picked it? Uh, three teams that nailed the draft. Um, I have. Uh, sorry, I got to fit this in. The draft's biggest losers. I forgot to put the second one down after I was talking about it with somebody else. Uh, three players that that went to the best fit, in my opinion, and four best value picks. So let's pull up. And then we're also going to go over, we're going to go football uh, transfer buzz. Um, I have to write one more thing down. We're going to go over, so yeah, we're going to go over fo- uh, soccer transfer buzz, football. And then we're going to get into UFC 276. We'll do odds, uh, how I think the fights will play out, fan fight picks. Back for a fourth one, right? This is our fourth one. As of you know, we'll talk about who's in the lead as of right now. Got a long way to go, but here, let me pull up the, uh, the 2022 NBA draft. And if I think the top ten should have how the top ten should have gone. Okay, so pick one. Obviously, have to go. I would not have taken Paulo Bancaro. I think he's a fine player. Uh, to me, I don't think he's going to be a superstar in the NBA. I think he's going to be a really good guy. You know, I think in his career he could definitely average 18, 21 points a game for his career. I just don't see him as the ceiling of Jabari and Chet. So I'm going to go off what I would have done for this team. For the Magic, I think they need a dominant wing. I think, you know, you like Wendell Carter. You have Mo Bamba back. I think you needed that dominant wing forward that Jabari Smith is, in my opinion, going to be. You have a ton of good guards. I think you do. You definitely should have taken Jabari Smith, in my opinion, one. Um, I did think the Magic got it right. Um, even though Jabari fell, I thought they made the correct decision in taking Chet Holmgren. They need bi- they need bigs. They got some good wings. They got some good guards. Go get your big for the future. They did that. At three with Houston, obviously Jabari was there. They made the correct decision. For sure made the correct decision. But if let's just say, you know, flipped Jabari, I would have taken Van Caro, but they got the right they got the right pick. The Kings, I understand the Kings didn't want to go guard heavy. Um like they have, so they went Keegan Murray. I just think when you're a team like Sacramento, you got to go best available, and I think Jaden Ivey was easily the best available. Um, but I don't disagree with the pick because I see what they're saying, see what they wanted. But I would have went Jaden Ivey here. Detroit made correct. I mean, Jaden Ivey fell to you get a you get a pair, Jade and or Jaden Ivey and Cade. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. So I mean, I think they picked right. Indiana, I thought Ben Matherin was definitely, you know, could have gone top 10. I was shot, a little bit shocked by this. I would have went Shaden Sharp personally. I think he has, he's definitely top four, top five, highest ceiling. Some argue that he might have the most because of the unknown. Um, I would have gone Sharp, but I don't think Ben Matherin was a wrong pick. Portland, well, I know that I would have went Jalen Duran, especially when you're bringing back Anthony Simons, but 
I don't think Shaden Sharp was the wrong pick because his, his upside is so high. So I don't think it was the wrong pick. I would have went Duran personally. New Orleans nailed it. Dyson Daniels, this was the pick that I had penciled in for them. I didn't see Daniels going one or two. I could have saw three, but do you really need Halliburton in him? Uh, Portland wasn't going to take a ball handler, so this was the right fit for Daniels, and this was the, the correct pick by the Pelicans. This one, Spurs shocked me with Shohan. Um, but with you know, again with who was there, I would have I would have reached. I wouldn't would not have reached. I would have taken Duran or re, possibly a little bit of a reach on Mark Williams because I think center is a big hole. But you know they traded away Dejounte Murray for a lot of picks. They're rebuilding. They like Shohan's upside, which I agree. I like his upside a lot. I did not think he'd get inside the top ten. But Wizards took Johnny Davis. Um, I think they like Johnny Davis. You know played at Wisconsin. You know, I think I think he's his body's ready for the NBA. I'm not sure how good he's going to be. I would have taken Ochai Abaji over him, or uh, um, it was AJ Griffin. I liked, but they went they went. I mean, they went Johnny Davis, and I really liked. I still like that pick for them. Um, I think it was a little insurance on what Beal, but I think Beal is going to come back full time. But Davis can play the three. It's a it's a positionless league. Davis and Beal can play out there together 100%. So I get the pick. So, again, yeah, it was it was a questionable number one pick, really. I don't really have a problem with the rest. Murray maybe a little too high. I did not have him. I think I had him going seven. Actually, I think I had him going nine in my latest mock draft to San Antonio. So I thought that was a little high. But really, Bancaro going one was a shocker to me. So three teams that nailed the draft. These are no specific order. I just went and looked at their picks. Uh, I think Detroit had another player they picked in round two. Let me get a drink real quick. But Detroit was a huge winner. They got two guys. I thought Duran, all along, was a a top seven talent in this draft. I would have had him. As, I think I had him as the sixth or seventh best player in this draft. They got him at thirteen. They. They even said they would have picked Duran at five if uh, Jaden Ivey did not fall. But that was unreal they got Ivey and Duran. That is an unreal draft for Detroit. They got to feel blessed. They nailed this draft. Houston, you got Jabari Smith at three. When he was, in my opinion, it was him or Chet. And, you know, I get the, you know, I think Chet has a little more holes you can poke at right now than Jabari. So I understood. I thought Jabari probably should have gone one. To get him at three was a steal. And then Tari Eason at 17, I think that's around where I had him, 15 to 18 range, but but still a tremendous player. Ty Ty Washington, who has the talent of a lottery guy. He just didn't play well enough last year to get in the lottery. But he is a lottery talent. They nailed this draft. New Orleans, another only two-pick team that I thought nailed him. Dyson Daniels, just an unbelievable pick. And then EJ Liddell at 41. I wanted the Lakers to take Liddell at 35. I love that pick. Dyson Daniels, each other, those three teams nailed the draft. Biggest losers, Knicks. I mean, so they traded away a pick for a bunch of future picks that are, like, heavily protected that could end up turning into second rounders by 2028. Traded away some good role players, all to give Jalen Brunson $110 million. I thought they were the biggest loser, and I thought the Orlando Magic. I thought I, I think people said it was a three-horse race for one. I understand why Bancaro was in the conversation. I thought it was Jabari and Chet all along, so it was a shocker when it came around that they were going to take Bancaro. People figured, you know, it came out about 10 minutes before the draft that they were actually leaning Bancaro. It was shocking to me. 
I thought those were the two biggest losers, to be honest. Um, yeah, I didn't understand what the Knicks were doing. I mean, I guess they really wanted Brunson over the the young guys. So three players that went to the best fit. Fit. Dyson Daniels. And people are going to say, really? Dyson Daniels? Well, here's the reason why. The Pelicans, you know, Devontae Graham didn't have the best year. They didn't want him as a point guard. They started playing C.J. McCollum at the point guard. C.J. McCollum's a two. Let's be honest. He's a two. He's not really a playmaker. He can pass the ball. I'm not saying he can, but he's definitely a playmaker. Um, look at the guys they got on that roster. McCollum, Ingram, Zion, and Valanchunas. Dyson Daniels has a plethora of guys to play make for now. He's going to, they're not going to ask him to score. They're going to ask him to play defense, which he's good at, and facilitate, which he's good at. I think you could, I honestly think there's a chance Dyson Daniels is is up there for averaging the most assists in the NBA next year. I think he can get eight, nine, ten assists a game next year. I really can. I really do. I, they're they're going to play. They want him as a starting point guard. He's going to be the starting point guard. I know Devontae Graham will probably still be there. He's going to be the backup. Dyson Daniels, I literally think, I'd be shocked if he averages anything under seven assists next year in the NBA. I really think he can go eight, nine, ten, though. Um, Ochai Abadji to the Cavs. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better place for Ochai. A team that should have made the playoffs, would have made the playoffs if Jared Allen didn't get hurt. They probably wouldn't even have been in the play-in if Jared Allen didn't get hurt. Um, so, yeah, I mean, perfect fit. They need a 3 and D wing. That's what he provides for them. Who knows what they're doing with Sexton. They got a Coro but, and Osman, but they really need a 3 and D wing. And he's playing with really good players. Garland, Mobley, Kevin Love, uh, Jared Allen. He's just playing with the right people. And my next best fit is Mark Williams at 15 to the Hornets. Uh, he's going to be a guy in the NBA that's, in my opinion, I kind of look at him as a Clint Capella. Great screener. Run to the rim. Catch lobs. And that's 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 a perfect fit next to LaMelo. And he's going to rim protect and rebound. That's what the Hornets needed, and they got that in Mark Williams. Four best value picks. I want Miami Heat getting Nikola Jovic at 27. I think this guy has so much upside. Um, I'd be, you know, I was I was very sure. I thought he would go, I had him about 18 to 22 range, so he went 27. So these are values off what I thought. Um, so, you know, like I said, I just think it was the right pick. Here, I guess I can go back. Can I go back to my last mock draft? Where did I have it? I had Nikola Jovic going 20. So here, he goes 27. That is definitely a value pick. Um, I think he's got tremendous upside. He's going to a culture where he's going to learn basketball fast, and I think he's going to be a tremendous player. Uh, next is Indiana. I'm going in order of where they were drafted to, by the way. Indiana getting Nemhard at 31. Um, I think he's I think he's going to be in the rotation immediately. I think he's – well, then trading Brogdon, he's going to fight for the starting point guard job immediately. Um, so I had Nemhard going – I actually had him going 27 to Miami. So they get him at the early second round. Great value there. I think a guy that literally he can definitely uh, be their starting point guard now. Brogdon gone. I think he'll fight for that spot depending on who they sign and stuff and make any more trades. But I love that pick. Dallas gets Jaden Hardy at 37. This was a robbery. I had him going 18 to the Bulls. We're talking 19 picks later. I think this was a steal. I didn't understand him falling. I, this is another guy I wanted the Lakers to get was Jaden Hardy, but again, just a tremendous value pick here for Dallas, a team that's already contending. He's going to come in and learn from a lot of really good players. And then you have EJ Liddell at 41. I had him going in the first round for sure. I had him going 24 to Milwaukee. He goes 17 picks later. Again, tremendous value. I think uh, 
Pelicans nailed this draft. I mean, they got guys that I think can contribute right away for them. I think Dyson Daniels is going to be the starting point guard. I think Liddell can definitely crack the rotation. So I just love the, those are four great picks. Uh, there's many more and many more great fits. Uh, you know, I kind of went with teams that are more ready. You know, you're going to teams that are more ready to contend and you fit what they need. Pelicans need a playmaker. They got Dyson Daniels. Cavs need a 3 and D wing. Got Ochai Baji. Uh, Hornets need a rim protector. They got Mark Williams. Those are just three great fits there. Um, so let's get into some NBA offseason talk. Um, again, we'll go start with Kyrie to the Lakers buzz. As I've heard today, I think the – hold on. I think the uh, the Nets are more so waiting to see what they get for KD. I think Kyrie to the Lakers is inevitable at this point, though. I think it's going to happen, just a matter of when. Um, and the Lakers know that it's a matter of when. I think they're going to hold out, and I think they're going to wait to get him. You know, there's other options out there, but I think they can get some of those options when they, whenever they want. A Buddy Heald or an Eric Gordon at a different point. I think they can get those guys whenever. If a team goes and gets them, they go and gets them, but... I think the Lakers are going to be smart here, and they're going to hold out and wait. I think KD's trade is going to happen by next week. I think the the Nets want to get the right package, but I think they want to get a move on the offseason and get their team together. Um, but yeah, I think so. I think the package will end up being Russ, THT, a twenty twenty seven uh, unprotected first round pick for Kyrie and Joe Harris. That's what I think the deal is going to be. The salaries match up. It's about fifty five and a half to fifty six and a half million. Um, and people are going to say, "Do you really want Joe Harris?" I want Kyrie. So, yeah, I think Joe Harris fits alongside LeBron better than THT does. THT's not a spot-up shooter. He's a guy that wants the ball in his hands, ISO, get to the rim, mid-range. Joe Harris, spot-up shooter. Yeah, he, he was injured all of last year, but I think Joe Harris alongside LeBron, Kyrie, and AD is going to get so many open looks. So, yeah, I do want Joe Harris. I would like to have Seth Curry, but it's got to be matching up the salaries. I think if you get Seth Curry, you're giving up two picks, probably. You might give up two picks anyway, but... I'm okay with Joe Harris because I think he fits – if he fits the Lakers, he's a shooter, and Lakers need more shooting for sure. I do think Kyrie ends up a Laker, though. I, I think it's it's a foregone conclusion. The Nets are just waiting. They're going to do the KD business first. So let's get into the KD trade request. Obviously, he requests a trade. They're working with him and his agent. He is going to be moved this offseason. I came with three packages, and I know we, we can get in real quick. We'll, here, we'll get into this real quick because this kind of sets the bar. So the Jazz traded uh, – Rudy Gobert to the Timberwolves from Malik Beasley, Pat Bev, Walker Kessler, a couple other players, and four first-round picks, 2029 being top three protected. The rest are unprotected. This might go. This might be one of the worst trades in NBA history. I don't understand. You have a center. Why are you not calling the Jazz to offer four first-round picks for Donovan Mitchell? The Jazz are going to be like, geez, we got four. I understand they're like, well, we did it. We were able to keep Jaden McDaniels, Jalen McDaniels, like – all right, I'd rather trade Jalen McDaniels, Malik Beasley, and Pat Bev and three or four first-rounders for Donovan Mitchell, a, a wing to play next to Anthony Edwards, than get Rudy Gobert for your bench and for your future? I don't know. I just don't think it's a great trade at all. And, you know, people are going to say, well, your trade only has KD and three. Well, here's the thing about the KD trade, my KD trades. Yes, they're all going to be teams only giving up three first-rounders. They're also giving up high-level players because that's what they want a star. So you're going to get a star for KD, whether it's a young star, an established star. I'm just on. There's two out there that I think the two I did were realistic. The one was kind of, you know, this could happen. And I think it would definitely, 
you know, be a good trade for this team, but we'll get into that. We're going to start with the Celtics. The Celtics get KD and Joe Harris. Obviously, this can change. This is just what I had now. The Nets get Jalen Brown, Robert Williams, Derek White, Grant Williams, and a 2023 unprotected first, a 2025 unprotected first, and a 2027 unprotected first. So the Celtics will get KD. Now, I've heard they don't want to give up Jalen Brown. They do. They they have been calling about KD. Well, here's the thing. If you're not giving up Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, you're not getting KD. There's nobody – you're not going to th- take Jalen Brown out and throw Marcus Smart in and think that's a good trade. There's That's no star player back. Marcus Smart, great defensive player, great high-level – and when I say role player, I know he's a starter, but high-level role player. Robert Williams, high-level role player. Derek White and Grant Williams, role players. You're not going to get – that's just not going to happen. They're going to get a good player back, a, real, a player that they see that could possibly be their number one and be their number one next year. So, yeah, you're going to have to trade Jalen Brown. And, you know, this is just what I think could happen. It's not what necessarily what I would do. I would probably keep Jalen Brown, but – I think KD and Tatum are too much of the same, to be honest. But, yeah, that's what, that's what you'd have to give up. Pelicans, I think teams are crazy. Or people are crazy. This could happen. Um, I do not. Here's the thing. They cannot get Zion. Zion signed his uh, rookie extension, which I guess is a rule to where you can't have two designated rookie max extensions on the same team. They already have Ben Simmons. So you can't get Zion. You can get Brandon Ingram, Jonas Valanciunas, Herbert Jones, EJ Liddell, a 2023 unprotected first, a 2024 Laker unprotected first, and a 2025 unprotected first. And you get the Pelicans get KD. Um, Seth Curry and De'Ron Sharp. That is who they would get. They would get Seth Curry, KD, Seth Curry, and De'Ron Sharp. But look at this is a good haul in my opinion. You get your number one. You have Ben Simmons, your playmaker. You get your number one and uh, Brandon Ingram. You get a still a really good center, in my opinion. Jonas Valanciunas, one maybe the most underrated center in the game. You get Herb Jones, who proved he's going to be an elite defender for a long time, and he can stretch the floor. You get EJ Liddell, who I thought, obviously, we hadn't we talked about in the NBA draft reactions, I thought was a steal um, at 41. And then you get three picks. That's a great start to rebuild. Now, here's the one that I came that I don't think is going to happen, but... The Clippers are known to go bold. So the Clippers would get KD and Joe Harris. The Nets would get Paul George, Norman Powell, Brandon Boston, a 2027 unprotected first, a 2028 first-round pick swap, and a 2029 unprotected first. So the the Clippers cannot offer three unprotected firsts. They don't have that many, but they can offer an extra pick swap with the two unprotected firsts. KD and Kawhi? I mean, yeah, I love I love uh, Paul George, but I think KD and Kawhi is better. The Paul George and Kawhi. I, I think Paul George has been a tremendous... Well, I don't love Paul George. I love what Paul George has been doing. He's been a tremendous player the last year and a half, two years. But KD and Kawhi, come on. I know you're giving up Norman Powell. You still have a deep... They still have a good roster. Yeah, you're giving up Norman Powell. You're giving up a f- possibly future stud in Brandon Boston. That's what you have to do to get a guy like KD. So those are the three trades I threw out there. I think the Pelicans one honestly might be the most likely. I don't think the Celtics are going to trade with Jalen Brown. I don't think the Clippers get involved in the sweepstakes. But if you're telling me the Nets got Paul George, Norman Powell, Brandon Boston, they have Ben Simmons, I think they make the playoffs next year. Like, I do think they'll contend for the playoffs. No doubt. Paul George has proved to be that guy the past two seasons. So let's go for three trades for Donovan Mitchell. Now, the Jazz reportedly earlier today said they're building around Donovan. Now it was reported an hour ago 
they are still fielding offers and they are willing to get a massive haul for him and go total rebuild. Okay, so here we go. I got three teams. I think all these are pretty realistic. Again, this is a lot better of packages I think you're getting. So you're probably going to get, you'll still get three, four first round picks, but I think you're getting younger, you're getting really good young players um, and better overall package than you got for Rudy, than the Timberwolves offered for Rudy Gobert. If the Timberwolves would offer that for Donovan Mitchell, they would have laughed. So here's the Miami Heat Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, Omar Utsdaven. A 2023 unprotected first, a 2024 first-round pick swap, and a 2026 unprotected first. Could you imagine Miami with Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, and Donovan Mitchell? That would be absolutely sick. I would love to see that happen. Um, I think the Heat are the front runners. They've been in the most contact uh, with the uh, Jazz about this. They know that they can't get KD. Like, they would have to trade Jimmy Butler. And they can't trade Bam Adebayo because he's on the designated rookie max. You can't have two. Which doesn't make sense to me, but that's fine. Um, so let's go to the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies get Donovan Mitchell for Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, Steven Adams. A 2023 unprotected first. A 2024 Golden State unprotected first. And a 2025 unprotected first. Could you imagine the athleticism? Donovan Mitchell, Ja Morant backcourt. Come on. That would be box office. You'd still have Jaron Jackson Jr. They still have a solid bench. They have a lot of players that like to play. You still have Zaire. Yeah, I know you lost Kyle Anderson, but... And they can still make some moves. So, I love this trade. Now, could it go... I don't know if this is true. I People say, I, I think he grew up in New York and he's a Knicks fan. So I threw the Knicks in here. Will the Knicks go all in? Because what's crazy is the Knicks have the contracts to match it up without trading Julius Randle, R.J. Baird, or Jalen Brunson. They give them Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, Evan Fournier, a 2023 unprotected first, a 2023 Dallas unprotected first, and a 2025 unprotected first. So you get a lot of young talent back, good picks. You get two first-round picks next year. So Utah would have four first-round draft picks next year if they did this next one because they have their own. They have the Timberwolves, and then now they would have the Knicks and Dallas. They'd have four first-round picks next year. That's a hell of a rebuild to start when you get four first-round picks in a, in a draft that you could use to trade up to get higher, maybe get two high picks. You know, you get. I like Obi Toppin. I think Obi, I think they, the Knicks should cut ties with Randall and trade him and start Toppin. I love Emmanuel Quickly's game. And Evan Fournier is a good shooter, and you get off his contract in two years. So I think this is a great trade as well. I love all three of these. Here's the same word that I personally love. I would personally love to see him go to Memphis. I think the Heat are the team that are the favorites and probably would land him if a trade does happen. But I would love to see him in Memphis. Um, so, yeah, there's the NBA talk for now. Like I said, I didn't want to do too much because hoping, I'm hoping moves happen. Me and Fee could discuss it next week on the pod. Um, but let's get into some football transfer buzz. A lot, of, a lot of stuff happening over there in Europe amongst the football biggest teams. You got Spurs. They're, they signed with Charleston. $73 million. Big deal. Big deal. I'm not a fan. I'm happy for Man because, I mean, I root for Man United. 
because Ronaldo's there, and I just I like Man United, even though Liverpool and Man United biggest rivals technically, and Liverpool is my favorite. But I root for United. I'm glad United did not get Richarlison. I don't think he's a very. I think he's. I think he's talented. I don't think he is elite. Elite though at all. I really don't. So I'm glad that they did not get him. Uh, Romelu Lukaku heads back to Inter after the hundred million dollar deal Inter did with Chelsea. So they got a hundred million from Chelsea. He goes to Chelsea for a season. He's not very good, and now he's back at Inter on loan. <laughs> Inter just kind of robbed. It's kind of what Juventus did to Man U. Yeah, he's back at Inter. Uh, good for him. Man City bringing Calvin Phillips from Leeds for fifty five million. Love this pickup. Uh, obviously Fernandinho gone. Uh, they needed a new, you know, another center defensive mid with Rodri. Probably going to lose Bernardo Silva. We'll see if they replace him there. Um, but, yeah. Oh, so the Jazz also got Jared Vanderbilt and Balmaro. Vanderbilt's not a bad pickup either. Yeah, I like that trade for the Jazz. I thought the Jazz won the trade. <laughs> for a rebuild? Because you got to – you can't you can't look at trades – I'm just – I have sports interrupts, so I just want to hear get into this real quick. You can't look at trades like, okay, well – um, Jazz lost a trade because they got the worst players. Well, that's not the objective of the trade. The Jazz are going for either a rebuild around Donovan, so they got a lot of young assets back, and they got a ton of picks to rebuild, or they're going full rebuild. And so you got Malik Beasley, young, Jared Vanderbilt, young, Balmaro, young. Um, who's the other guy they got? Oh, Walker Kessler, young. Pat Bev, obviously not young, but they could even buy Pat Bev out or trade him to a contender. So, like, yeah, I mean, four first-round picks, four young guys, Pat Bev, to start a rebuild, That's I think that's a great trade. Four first-round picks for a center. That didn't score. He, he's not a scorer. I didn't understand it for the Wolves. You have a center. You have Carlton Towns. You're playing with the four now, I guess. All right, that's fine. Let's get back into it, though. Chelsea agreed to Rafinha fee of 63 mil. Deal not done. Rafinha wants to get Barca a chance. Rafinha's wanted to go to Barca since the window was opened. Um, he, he's not he – would, he would go to Chelsea. That was a team that also he liked a lot. Um, Barca's trying to figure out their budget. So they are going to – He's going to give them a chance. I don't know how long, but he is going to give them a chance. Arsenal signed Gabriel Jesus from Man City for $55 million. Good signing. Again, I think people are jumping to conclusions about him, too, as a striker. They moved him to, wing, they moved him to a winger this year, so I don't know. He's never scored more than 14 goals in, uh, in all competitions in a season. We'll see. He's going to be their number nine, though. He's got, he's got big expectations. Uh, Gareth Bale is headed to the MLS. We'll join... LAFC. LAFC now with Carlos Vela and Gareth Bale. It'll be interesting today. Are they going to play Bale at striker? God, would that be interesting? I'd love to see that. Gareth Bale at striker. Uh, Real Madrid went to sign Jude Bellingham next season. Jude, though, has always said he wanted to play for Liverpool. Dortmund has set the price tag at $100 million. He will not be moved this year. Dortmund has said, you know, we're not moving him. Um, there could be a deal agreed upon during the year, but he would still stay at Dortmund until the season ends next year. You know, people have always said, well, look how Liverpool's lied. They'll never, they'll never spend $100 million. Well, they didn't spend $100 million. They spent $70 million on Darwin Nunes. 
here's the thing though you're in a you're now in an age where the money's money's high there's a lot of money Chelsea Arsenal Tottenham Man U is going to spend 75 million on De Jong Man City spending hundreds of millions of dollars Liverpool's going to have to get out of their own way at some point and I think that opened up with Darren Nunez I think that means they'll definitely be more open to Jude Bellingham next summer even if it's 100 million 120 million they'll definitely be up for that People said, well, Klopp said, Klopp said that four years ago. Times change. Everything changes. He said that four years ago, Liverpool would never be spending $100 million on one player. Times change now. During the day, if you want Jude Bellingham, you're going to have to spend $100 million. Um, that's just a fact. You have to spend $100 million. Ronaldo wants to see Man U get busy in the transfer mar- market. Chelsea have make contact with his agent. I heard Man U says they will definitely they do not definitely do not want to sell Ronaldo. They are getting busier. Um, I think Ronaldo stays. Him at Chelsea would be interesting though. Because the way Tuchel plays they're not looking for their striker to do anything but put the ball in the back of the net. And they didn't get that. They signed Werner big money. Didn't get that. They brought in Lukaku. Didn't get that. Ronaldo does that. I don't care how old he is. He scored 18 goals with that Man U team. Imagine with the Chelsea, who Chelsea has. Pulisic, potentially Rafinha, Ziyech, Havertz, Mount, Conte, Kovacic. Ronaldo's going to score. I think he would score 20-plus goals next year at Chelsea, if he went to Chelsea, to be honest. I mean, I think he might get 20 at Man U against that's just him, but he would get 20 at least. I think you could argue, I would say actually 25 goals he'd get in that Chelsea team. Salah has extended his contract with Liverpool until end of 2025, so we got him back. Three more seasons. Come on. Got Salah back, I know. I'm, gl- I'm kind of glad they didn't give him the five, six-year deal, but they gave him a lot of money. Highest paid player in Liverpool history. Uh, but that's fine. Three-year deal. He's a stud. You got to keep him. Well, let's get into UFC 276, Adesanya versus Kenner. Uh We did one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine fights. We did nine fights. So here we go. Let's pull up. Got, I'm going to get the odds pulled up for sure. UFC 276 odds. Where's my boy? Where's my my guys? Fight odds. Fight odds that IO. Always look at that. They have Bovada on there too. That's why I go to them. So let's start with the first fight we're doing. Uh, Jessica I versus Macy Barber. I believe Macy Barber's on two in a row. I, you know, has had some struggles since the Shevchenko loss. I think, you know... I think she's on her way out. I think this is a perfect fight for Macy Barber uh, to get to get a win over a, a really big, you know, inside the, you know, the diehard and make me to just guys a big name. She's been around for a while, so I think this is going to be a big win for Macy. Um, I think she's just going to forward pressure, use the wrestling if she can, but if not forward pressure, and I think she's just going to put it on her for three rounds. Um, the odds right now are Macy Barber minus 290, just guy plus 235. Um... My cousin Christian picked Jessica I via decision, so he went with the upset. My dad picked Barber via round two sub, and me and my brother picked Barber via decision. Uh, we'll get to the stand, what the current standings are after this. Next fight is Uriah Hall versus Andre Munez. Munez is a bad, bad man. 
Uh, you showed your eye Hall, but this is a tough fight for Hall. Uh, split down the middle on the picks. Uh, your eyes Hall. He's got to keep his distance. Use some leg kicks. Really, you know, set up the power shots. But he's got to keep his distance. Doesn't want anything on the ground here. Um, I think Munez figures it out a way to get to the ground. I think he's, he kind of controls it there. I don't know if he finishes Uriah Hall, but I think I think Uriah is going to be really nervous about the takedown, about you know the grappling exchanges, and I think it, you know it's going to set up Munez. You can honestly see this not being a, a, not really being a very exciting fight. Um, Munez is minus three thirty five. That is the second biggest favorite on the card, which is a bit shocking. The odds on this Uriah Hall plus two fifty five. Um, my dad and my brother went Hall via round one knockout, which I think is honestly, the, if you're going to pick Hall, is probably the best pick. And uh, Christian went Munez via round one submission. I went Munez via decision. Uh, so a couple decision picks for me here. Let's get into Donald Cerrone, Jim Miller, iconic, legendary warrior fight here. Um, finally meeting. Um, this is def. I think... Me and my dad even talked about this. I think we're picking with our heart over our head on this one. I think Jim Miller is probably going to win. I just I'm not going to root against Donald Cerrone because I know I'll be rooting for Donald Cerrone so hard. Probably the outside of O'Malley, probably the guy I'll root for the most is Donald Cerrone on this card. Uh, Cerrone is plus one sixty dog or plus one fifty five dog. Jim Miller minus one eighty five. So still not not widespread odds. Um, so Lu, uh, my brother Lucius and my cousin Christian they picked Jim Miller via decision. My dad picks Cerrone via decision. I picked Cerrone via round two knockout. So I'm going, again, going with a little bit of the heart over the head in that pick. Um, so we're going to get into Robbie Lawler, Brian Barberino. Robbie Lawler, you know, he said a lot of stuff about how, you know, he's really, he's more, you know, after that uh, Nick Diaz fight, it really made him fall back in love with the sport. Um Again, probably a little hard overhead pick here. I mean, um, they all went, they're all going round one knockout with Barbarina. I'm going Lawler round two knockout. I think he figures out a way to get it done. Um, he is the minus 124 betting, 125 betting favorite, Barbarina plus 100. So basically almost a pick and fight at this point. Um, but yeah, I'm going Lawler round two knockout. They're all going Barbarina round one. Uh, I think this is. I think that gut fight got moved up to the main card. It was off the main card, but I think they moved it up. But that's why we picked it there. Next one, high, really good, really good, talented uh, lightweight fight here. Brad Riddell, Jalen Turner, who's really turned it around. Four fight win streak. You know, kind of fell in hard times there for a little. He's gotten back on the horse. He's looked tremendous lately. Um, I believe the odds. Jalen Turner minus one fifty. Brad Riddell plus one twenty five. Um, I think Jalen Turner's length and, and speed and power is going to be a problem here, and I think he gets finds a way to get it done, in my opinion. I do have Jalen Turner via round one knockout is what I'm going with. They're all on Riddell. Uh, my uh, brother and dad picked Riddell via decision. My cousin picked Riddell via round two KOTKO. Now for my favorite fight of the card, my, you know, guy before the most, Sean O'Malley is one of my favorite fighters. Uh, um. Yeah, I'll get a little more nervous for this one. You know, I mean, it's his first true test. I think he's just better, though. Um, so I think he finds a way to get it done. Um, the odds right now are O'Malley minus three ten. So he's a he's one of the bigger favorites on the card, third biggest. Uh, Munoz plus two forty five. Uh, I'll get to a parlay, a couple parlays that I have down for this card. Um, 
I like I like to do one that I think three winners that are going to hit. Um, and then uh, three finishes that I like to pick in a parlay. Uh, so I my brother's the one he picked Munoz. He's going ballsy here. He picked Munoz third round knockout of O'Malley. I think actually that's a fair pick though. I don't think O'Malley has cardio issues, but let's just say he goes out there in the first two rounds and he tries to pour it on. He does gas himself out. That that could happen. Um, me, my dad, and my cousin all went O'Malley finish. I went round one. My dad went round two, and my cousin Christian went round three. Um, so that's a big big step up here for O'Malley. Can't wait for that. Uh, big one here. I love this fight. Sean Strickland, Alex Pereira. I got this was my solo pick as well. I got Alex Pereira plus one fifteen. Or plus 125 maybe at the time. Um, bet 100 to 125 on him. He's now minus 120. The odds have changed. I just don't I don't understand the disrespect here for Strickland. 25-3 and three in MMA. 5-1 and one for Pereira. I understand he's a world-class kickboxer. They're trying to push him to get the easy fight. I think he's outstanding. But I think, I think Strickland's going to get this done. Um, yeah, minus 120 favorite now to plus 100 for Pereira. Uh, so we all do have Strickland winning all different ways um, or rounds. Uh, Christian, my cousin, Strickland decision. My dad went Strickland round one submission. My brother went Strickland round two KOTKO, and I went Strickland round three submission. Um, and now to the co-main event, the trilogy, Max Holloway, Alexander Volkanovsky. Uh, huge fight, obviously. Um, people were talking, what are, the, what are the odds they fight a fourth time? Well, I think I don't think it's straight away. No matter what, actually, I think there's one chance. If Holloway wins a razor tight and it's a little bit controversial decision, I think they run the fourth fight immediately. If Holloway wins a decision and everyone agrees with it, or if he gets a finish, I think that maybe down the line they do it, but not straight away. If Volk wins by a wide decision or a finish, it's definitely never happened again. The only way it happens again, and I don't think it's straight away. If Volk wins, is by, a, again, another controversial decision. But, again, it's like 3-0. It's going to be tough to run that back fourth time. Um, but, yeah, the odds on this one. Volk, minus 200. That's gone up. It was When I looked at it last early, it was minus 180. It's now minus 200. The Holloway's plus 165. Um, split. My uh, brother and dad went Volk decision. Me and my cousin went Holloway decision. I think Holloway's just going to find a way this time to get it done. Um, I, don't, I think it is a decision. I don't think either of them can finish each other. But I'm, I think Holloway finds a way to get it done, personally. And now we go to the main event, Israel Adesanya, Jared Cannonier, Biggest favorite on the card is Israel Adesanya. Um, I think it's just going to be too much for Cannonier, the length, the technical ability of Izzy. I think Izzy's actually going to find a way to a stoppage this time. I don't think it's going to be a decision. It has the potential to be very boring. It has the potential to be very Yoel Merrill-like. But I just don't see it. I think Izzy's coming forth this time. I think he figured out a way to get it done. Um, me and my cousin both picked Izzy via round three stoppage, uh, KOTKO. My dad went Izzy round two, KOTKO. My brother's going bold. It might be with my brother. Don't ever think of his picks as being – don't bet off my brother's picks or think of them being as legit all the time because sometimes he's just going to hunt down points in the, in the standings. Um he did that when Amanda Nunes fought Juliana Pena. He picked Juliana Pena via submission stoppage. Unbelievable. She got a submission stoppage. That was insane. But more times than not, that's not going to work. And I definitely don't think it works here. Um, but Izzy is minus 500. Kenyer plus 375. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, I just think 
I think Izzy's just too good for Jared, to be honest. I really do. I think he's just too good. I think he gets it done. Um, it's going to be outstanding, though. I cannot wait for tomorrow's card. I mean, look, we did nine fights. It's rare you get nine fights on fan fight picks. That's just how good this card is, top to bottom. I'll be watching prelims to finish. Uh, it's just an outstanding card. Um, so we're getting to fan fight picks. Those standings after right now, I think we've done one. We've only done two events. I'm in the lead with 20 points. Uh, my brother and Christian are tied for second, 16 points, and my dad's only two back from them, 14 points, so it's a tight start. Um, be a big one tomorrow, though. Is if somebody can either jump up big, it could stay tight. You know, my dad could come from behind and have the lead after. Um, but like I said, next week, me and Fee will be doing a podcast where we'll be talking everything NBA. Uh, maybe we'll, you know, we'll have some other cool segments in there and stuff like that. But we'll be back, uh, yeah, I'll be back next week with Fee on the cast. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Peace.